Welcome back to the Thoughts for Sale podcast. I am your host, Chris Wazalik, and this, of course, is the podcast where I leave advice, words of wisdom, and just some random thoughts to my three little girls, Sophie, Ava, and Leah. If this is your first time listening, thanks so much for tuning in. And if you are a repeat customer, as they say, thanks for coming back. Really appreciate it. And if you ever want to go back and listen to season one, please know you can. They're always on demand on the podcast website or wherever you hear your podcasts. So now that we're fully into season two at this point, I just wanted to uh, throw something out there real quick to anyone listening, besides from uh, you girls, Sophie, Ava, and Leah. If there are ever any ideas for topics that you would like to hear me talk about, or if you're interested in making a guest appearance on the show, just feel free to reach out to me. Now, if we are personally connected, give me a call, send me a text, shoot me an email. That's all totally appropriate. If we are not, then check us out on Facebook. Uh, The handle there is Thoughts for Sale or on Twitter, Thoughts for Sale. Hit me up either way, any way you'd like. Let's get connected. Let's talk about some topics that you have in mind that might be some fun things to leave for sale to listen to in the future. Or again, if there is something that you would specifically like to be a guest to speak about on the show, then let's talk about that too and get you on here. Okay, so what are we going to talk about today? This is going to be the first episode of this season where I'm actually going to be riding solo and talking about something that is really important to myself and your mama girls. Uh, And it just seemed like today was the perfect time to drop uh, this episode or, or really record this episode because I was just reading... After a three-year hiatus, the federal government has approved as part of the last debt ceiling increase to go ahead and reactivate or discontinue the cease in student loan repayment. Now, girls, Sophie, Ava, and Leah, Mama and I are part of, I would say, the generation that has gotten into the greatest amount of student debt there's a lot of factors at play there as to why we got into student debt and i i say this very carefully knowing i do work and have always really worked my entire career for higher education institutions so it's not a question of whether i believe in what they stand for in pursuing a higher level of education because i absolutely do you know mom and i both got our higher education degrees going bachelor's and beyond um, for master's degrees. So it's not that I think the entire education system as a whole is broken by any means. But again, our generation of students are still dealing with significant amounts of debt. And what our parents, your grandparents, uh, and a lot of other people, honestly, who are also big supporters and strive to encourage our generation to go to college because that was the thing we were all really told we were quote unquote supposed to do Um, and there's definitely different opinions about that maybe now but what we were told we were supposed to do we landed in these really significant debt situations where on the back end there's only so many really high level 
and high salary jobs, especially after you're just starting out, that you're just not going to cover that loan in the beginning stages, at least, if not in the long haul. So what happened? Let's take a step back here. Why I brought this up today, like I said, because the ceased um, is being discontinued. The, The official, what they called pause during covid for the last three years, which obviously we're at a point here in 2023, it already feels like COVID's pretty far in the rearview mirror. So the fact that we're just getting to a point where the federal government is saying it's time to start repayment plans uh, being reactivated again on student loans is probably a little bit uh, behind in in some regards. Um, Most people have been able to uh, find work after COVID, but there's a, there's another part to this that is still on the table here in 2023, which I know I could be put on blast for people. So feel free to hit me up with your thoughts and opinions too. I'm, I'm open to, you know, definitely healthy debate on this, but um, the ongoing opportunity that President Biden has presented is to potentially forgive up to $10,000 in student loan debt for every single individual who holds a government student loan that makes under a certain income threshold, which I believe that is $125,000 salary annually. So it's it's a pretty significant high threshold for sure. I mean, that that's a, that's a pretty good salary um, even here in 2023 for, for an individual to have. Uh, and a lot of people would qualify, though, then with that threshold for that $10,000 forgiveness, with the idea being because of the student loan debt, and this is, this is, this is true, you can, you can look up the, the data on this, our generation, girls, that are millennials and maybe like really early millennials and even, even um, a little bit younger millennials, too, have not been able to do the normal young adult things right out of college because our student loan debt was so high. And the part that that actually does impact the overall GDP of the country that does impact the overall economy is we weren't out there buying homes. We weren't out there buying cars. We weren't out there making other major purchases that could help impact society uh, from a, from any type of tax revenue basis or, or property taxes or anything else because we literally couldn't afford it because of how, how high the student loan payment had to be on a monthly basis. It wouldn't fit into the budget. I mean, we're the generation that, no joke, girls, a lot of friends were, I'm done with college and I go back and live with mom and dad until I'm 30. Our parents were all lucky enough not to have us do that, uh, that we were able to fend for ourselves in different ways and find ways to, to live on our own. But there's plenty of people that should feel no shame about it, couldn't do it financially because their student loan debt was too much of a burden. And to be out there on their own making the income they were making, plus trying to you know, potentially live in a very expensive apartment in, in different cities, uh, definitely not even considering homes. I mean, it, it's it was a very challenging proposition for them. So here we are, like I said, President Biden has tried to push this forward. It looks like it's going to be going to the Supreme Court for a final decision here before the end of the month. And the question is, is it right? Is it okay for the government uh, to approve taking that debt and then spreading it out to all taxpayers, right? Because that's what it would ultimately do. It would be what I understand about 1% 
of the of the total deficit we usually run it on an annual basis because oh by the way our government runs on a deficit pretty much annually because our spending doesn't keep up with the revenue that's generated from things like most importantly taxes uh and therefore our entire government has a public debt currently of over 30 trillion dollars just to make sure that i said that clearly that's trillion with a t so this buyout payoff sort of igniter to try to relieve people with this ten thousand dollar forgiveness which could make a huge impact on a lot of people's lives more than likely will not pay off people's total debt just keep that in mind but would make a, a nice dent um, and maybe pay off for for some people to allow people some financial ability to do some of the things that could be a positive impact again on the economy overall, buy homes, buy vehicles, make other major purchases that have been held back from them doing, maybe starting a family. That's another thing that a lot of our generation hasn't done until they've gotten old enough to be more financially sound because they've carried student loan debt since they were 22 and graduated undergraduate or master's or whatnot. So there is a there is a bigger implication there. Um, now, me personally, girls, I am supportive of it because, like I said, it's one percent of what we're already in debt for. I have no reason to believe that our government is ever going to get out from under that debt. I don't know what that looks like in your lifetime. Uh, I hope they don't fault on that debt because that could have obviously some really huge implications for the well being of the country. But what's another? billion dollars let's say between friends as, as sort of a, uh, a silly way of saying it but but realistically we are, we are 30 trillion dollars in debt if we can help millions of americans be able to get out from some of that student loan debt uh and and start families and and really have a bigger societal impact in the long run on what might be generated by them actually being able to pay more into tax dollars. I'm personally okay with it. There's plenty of people that I think are going to sit on the other side and say, you know, I didn't get that type of assistance or maybe even a little bit more aggressively type of handout uh, when I was going through school or after or, or whatnot. And I get that. I totally, I, I can't even argue against that. I totally respect that opinion. You're 100% right. Um, but I, I just have a mindset of, you know, if we have an opportunity to help these people and in the grand scheme of things, how much money is it really impacting in that deficit? It's it's almost like pennies on the dollar compared to $30 trillion. I, I just look at it as, you know, how much worse is it really going to be for the overall national debt when it's so out of control already? but it can have such a huge impact on all those people. If you are curious, by the way, to make a comparison, where are we losing so much money year over year in national spending and continuously impacting debt for anyone who's considering, well, I didn't get that type of handout. I don't want to have to support somebody else. The number one thing that continues to put us further in debt in this country is Social Security. And I'm not against Social Security either. I know we've all paid into it. My parents paid into it. Their parents paid into it. I totally believe that it should be there to help them, but it is a pit hole of money for our country, and it's the number one thing year over year that hits us on federal spending and contributes to our deficit. 
after that, there's healthcare, there's income, there's uh, income security, there's national defense. These things are not going away. These are getting to be at an all-time high. Medicare, because the baby boomer generation are all retiring. And again, I'm not exposed to any of these things, but all I'm trying to highlight is this one-time forgiveness that could make a huge impact doesn't even touch what these these annual debts that we're consuming every year as part of the national debt for pro, these other programs, which again, I'm, I'm in support of all those programs too. So just just my, my take on that, girls. And finally, again, I'll put myself out there. Uh, one of the unique parts, which has been in existence way before Biden's new proposal on the $10,000, is the public service loan forgiveness program. Now, this is very important to me and your mama girls, because technically we have both worked in non-for-profits, mama being a teacher, me uh, working in higher ed throughout our entire careers. So this has always been an important option to me. Again, this may not be a popular opinion. Not everybody may agree with that option to forgive people's loans that have worked in public service, quote unquote, or basically nonprofits. Sorry, an income-driven payment can be established for anybody, which is the first step in the public loan forgiveness program. So mom and I both learned about this as we were coming out of college. It was the one thing we could do to try to reduce our immediate payments. And then as you started reading and you get a little bit older and you go, okay, there's also a plan here in place where if we continue to work in non-for-profits, we can go ahead and maybe have some amount of our loan just forgiven at the end of the time frame. So we've done that the whole time. So we've done income-based repayment plans where they truly evaluate what your total income is. Well, they don't evaluate what your other expenses are, which is a key part of the formula, but that's on you. And that's the part you have to be a responsible adult. They look at your total income and say, this is the correct percentage of that income that should be allocated towards your student loan payment. And that's how they shift your payment typically lower than what your normal payment would be. So that's the first step in the process. Second step in the process is you have to do this for 120 on-time payments. And you have to also then have, with those 120 on-time payments, if you're doing the math, that's 10 years. In that 10 years, you also have to have 10 years of service in a non-for-profit. So if you can get to 120 payments that have all been on time under an income-based repayment plan because it shows that clearly you don't have the you haven't had the full income to pay a full payment or a high enough income justified to pay your full typical payment you are making payments though you are paying down that debt it's just at a lower amount which means technically a slower time frame after 10 years of service and nonprofits with those 120 payments you could it's not a guarantee you could potentially have the rest of your government student loans waived now it doesn't touch your private loans we had private loans to pay off too um, but the government student loans, which which for mom and I have been the bulk of our loans. So we both were always on repayment plans. Um, and if you know me well enough or not, you're going to hear it now. I've been in higher education and graduated with my MBA in 2007. So I have over 15 years of service now, basically in higher ed. Uh, and after my 10-year mark, I went ahead and submitted my paperwork. Unfortunately, I was denied. Unfortunately for me. Again, maybe somebody else doesn't think this is a 
legit option out there, but or it should be a legit option. But for me, unfortunately, it was denied. And it was really tough at that time. We were still living in Potsdam Girls, and I didn't understand what I possibly did wrong. I had all my payments always on time, always was on income-based repayment, which you do have to renew your income-based repayment annually. So in case you're curious, it's not a process where you do it once, and then obviously, oh, you start making more money, they don't recalculate. They recalculate you annually on that. You have to have it reviewed every single year. So if you do get a bump in salary, which rightly so, I'm not against that, then you end up you know, having your payment rightfully increased to to a correct amount that keeps getting you closer to being whole on, on what your payment should be. So I was always on the IBR. I did my 120 payments all on time. I had served 10 years in non-for-profits, all higher education institutions, unless there's one of the few for-profits in the country, even though more of those are popping up all the time. But, you know, there's a lot less of those in the non-for-profits traditionally. Uh, they all were 501c non-for-profits, and uh, it didn't it didn't qualify. Come to find out, I was unlucky to be in a specific time frame because, again, I'm a few years older than mama girls. When I first entered school, my loans were a different classification of student loans that I never knew this until this this happened now at at the 10-year mark that did not qualify for public service loan forgiveness program. Didn't qualify. And that was really tough to hear. And... My only option at the time was literally had to reconsolidate my loans to get them on the direct loan plan versus, I believe it was Eisenhower was the plan, previous president was the name of the the, the, the loan, which is not like I was given a choice when I got into school at 18, not that I would have known a difference anyway, but hey, pick this plan or that plan. It was just that was the classification of loan at the time. So the, P, the, the public service loan forgiveness program started a couple years later, and I was never on the right, quote-unquote, direct loans. So I get on the direct loans here, um, and this is 2017, let's say, 2018 maybe, uh, if I if I filed um, a little bit late in that spring. And I got denied, like I said, and I had to reconsolidate under a direct loan, which restarted my clock. I was looking at 10 years all over again, 120 payments. Now, I thought the loans themselves were 20-year loans, which meant if you do uh, make all of your payments on time, you do you do your very best due diligence to pay off your student loan, that after 20 years, they're actually forgiven with a tax burden, but whatever amount is left is forgiven. Also come to find out, that wasn't right either, Chris. Uh, they're 25-year loans, meaning that, because I was wondering at that point, like, should I really really re- reconsolidate now? Are they just going to be forgiven with whatever amounts left after 20 years, which is going to be the same, 10 and 10, and I'm going to have a tax burden, but whatever, it's going to be a few thousand dollars estimated at that point, and just let it be. But no, when I found out it was 25, it would actually still save me about five years in payments. So it was still worth it. So I went through the process. We reconsolidated. We have to do IBR all over again. Fine, we do it all over again. And I just had to come to grips and try to settle on the fact that this wasn't going to happen for me. Fast forward, um, I am very relieved and happy to share that this just this spring even though it's been 15 years and not 20, five years on the new plan and not 10, there was a ex- 
special extension offer made on the public service loan forgiveness program just about a year and a half ago now it was. And it was only for a one-year window where anybody who felt they had the 10 years of service had at least 120 payments, regardless of the history of your loan, which was an important kind of little fine print in there, because like I said before, mine were not under the correct loan forgiveness, uh, the, the, mine were not under the correct loan category at the time, you could still be offered forgiveness on this extension offer that was being given. Everything's allowed to be evaluated. So anyway, fast forward, I submit everything last August, which was a little bit of procrastination because the deadline was last October in 2022. So I kind of came in only two months under the deadline. And you just submit and you wait and just see what's going to happen. I hadn't heard anything for months. At the same time, like we talked about before, all the loans have been paused for the last three years. So we technically weren't paying anything for the last three years anyway, which was honestly a nice relief for, for, for all of us. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, in February, I received a letter that said, I believe it said my loan forgiveness was not approved. I did not have enough time. Please contact us if you think this was um, a mistake or if you felt like you should be considered under the extended forgiveness plan. And I thought, oh gosh, I've got to do this all over again. I got to reach out to somebody because, you know, I wanted to be considered under the extended plan, right? And try to get this forgiven. Uh, Long story short, basically, I never got around to calling them. There was a lot going on in our lives the last six months. I think we've covered that in the last couple episodes. And I just hadn't had a chance to call. And out of the blue, we got one more letter in the mail in March. I guess the first letter was kind of preemptive. The second letter was they did evaluate me for the extended PSLF, and I did get approved. So that was a huge relief. We got my loan after 15 years of service. Uh, in non-for-profits, which I don't make the type of money that other people do in industry, which has been my choice. I understand that. But it really was nice to know that this was the plan I thought I was on back in probably year two or three of starting to work in higher ed. This was part of the reason I wanted to continue to pursue nonprofits, not just because of how much I love it and being in higher ed and being in that space, but there would be some light at the end of the tunnel in at least the student loan forgiveness situation, you know, even though I'm not walking around making $200,000 a year at some other type of job. And it was a huge relief. So I guess the long and the short of it today, girls, a little bit of a controversial topic. There's a lot of things in society that are supportive programs for people in lots of different situations, like some of the ones I mentioned earlier, Social Security, Medicare, there's programs out there for if you're unemployed, and you'll learn all about these things as you grow up. Um, this one in regards to student loan forgiveness, in regards to some type of student loan relief, uh, daddy's definitely in support of. I hope that you won't be in the situation that mom and I are. I hope that in the long run, the government can reform some of what they do with education loans, maybe just get out of the education loan business altogether, but more education for everybody and everyone really needing to understand what they're getting themselves into uh, and get some some reform on the, on that end of it. But yes, 
I am supportive of that. You know, a little bit, a little bit heavier conversation today, girls, but it just seemed like the perfect time with this uh, news of the repayment being turned back on, which I do think is appropriate. It can't be on pause forever. I get that. Um, but the other half of it too about will that potential $10,000 forgiveness ultimately get passed or rejected um, by the government and uh, be taken off the table. Hopefully, uh, if you have some thoughts or opinions on the topic, feel free to hit me up on Twitter or Facebook. And again, like I said before, always looking for some new topic ideas or new guests, contact me and let's get you on the show. Well, that's a wrap on another episode of the Thoughts for Sale podcast. And Sophie Ava Leah, Sal, remember, your mom and I are always proud of you. We always are here for you and we always love you. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review and comments. And please also follow, share, and subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. You can also connect with us now on Facebook as well as Twitter. Both places just search for at Thoughts for Sale. All right, take it away, Sal. Thank you for listening to the Thoughts for Sale podcast with my daddy, Chris. Bye-bye.